Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sim Sundays podcast. This is our monthly roundup episode. So of course, I'm joined by George Morgan and Random Coolsign. Good morning, both. Good morning. Some, Good morning. Some, some very bombastic thumbs up there. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Okay. So obviously, before this episode, we always go through and we say, what are we bringing to the table? And it was a bit of a slow start to the conversation because there's been a lot of kind of non-news, i.e. stuff that hasn't happened. So, for example, no F1 23 esports, there's no rain in iRacing that we're expecting, etc. Um, even when we look at Le Mans Ultimate, it's now kind of like soft launching. Um, but actually, then once we, we dived in a little deeper, uh, we have found that, that there's quite a bit that's happened in, in January 2024. Um, we will not be talking about Horny Horner at all. Never. No mention of it. No, no allusion to it. We will not I can't be straying said that on the... <laughs> into into the F one disaster that is going on right now. Okay, so that's that that that's it. Okay, that's a, we're drawing a line underneath that, and I'm not even going to pause for breath to allow either of you to jump in and comment on that story. You're we're going to go straight into. <laughs> but Ricardo had some really. We're going to go straight into. I know he has. No, no, all, no, no, no. We, he we heard them before the podcast, and I don't want them repeated here, okay? It's, it's outrageous. Right. Okay. Forza. Mm. We're going to talk Forza. So what's been happening in the world of Forza recently? Well, uh, they've changed the um, the career modes. Um, you can now do conversions from credits towards uh, car customization points. Apparently, not apparently. I've I've driven, I I have like sixty seven hours in Forza, and it's a really boring sim, uh, single player experience. Um, mm. it, it requires you to go through, through each and every single car, even if it's a repeat, uh, at le very least three hours to to make the car you know slightly tuned. You need needed more than that if you wanted to unlock everything. Well, as you can imagine. Uh, after a while, if you want to do 20, 30, 50 cars, mm -hmm. 60, 70 cars, you just need to unlock stuff. You need to drive, if you are completely efficient with it, at very least 350 hours to have a, a good roster of cars. Now they are redesigning it, so it's a little more, uh, it's a little bit easier. It, it, they are going towards it the same way that Gran Turismo did back in mid-2022 or something like that, or essentially revising the economy so that it will be easier uh, for you to jump in and drive stuff. It's not as simple as it is with Forza Horizon 5, but it, it uh, it's more simple. It's simpler than before. Hmm. Interesting that you did, you made a direct comparison to to Gran Turismo in 2022. Like, I wonder if if this is because we've said before on this show that Forza always seems to be playing catch up with Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo seems to always be the mm. the ones coming up with the novel ideas that actually work, and then Forza. I don't know. Forza always feels like it's been on the back foot, and yet it, you know we've discussed this at length before that Forza there's a real emotional attachment for a lot of people with Forza because Forza is kind of where a lot of the sim races that we know and love will have started in Forza, you know, kind of 10, 10 years ago. In fact, there's a really funny story um, that our uh, um, creative director, Matt, who does all of our UI UX designs on Gridfinder, uh, we interviewed Nathan Tague, I think two, three episodes ago. 
And uh, when we do the group chat about sharing assets to make the album, uh, the episode artwork and whatnot, they knew each other from Forza lobbies back in the day. And like they lived nowhere near each other. And they were like, oh, uh, mm. what? Uh, mm? So like Forza, Forza is this real like melting pot of, of people who have then gone on to do stuff in, in sim racing. And yet, sadly, it seems to have fallen behind. It seems to have lost the initiative, perhaps. On this point, I don't think it lost initiative. It's just uh, tried something a little bit different because their economy will be closer to what Forza 2 and Forza 3 were in the past. Uh, essentially, they are just uh, reshaping the economy. So, you know, we don't feel like pressure to spend that much time in something that might not be a useful, you know, waste of time for you. Because uh, the way that all of these you know, card collecting games have always been is that it has a slow start, but then it picks up. Not so much on Forza Horizon, but on Gran Turismo, you know, you don't have like a million credits from the beginning, from the get-go. You need to still fight for them. Same thing with Forza, but after a while, because you've driven so much, there's really no point to go through the progression system just for one car when you can just, you know, mm -hmm. you already have accumulated millions and millions of credits over 70, 80, 90, 100 hours. So, we have to remember that the way that Forza was doing is more related to the Game Pass because Game Pass pays towards the studios on time spent in the app. So in this case, mm. if they allow you to spend 350, uh, 350 hours, 500, 1,000 hours because you're just grinding cars, it's more money for the, uh, for the studio. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, uh, we said before the show, um, I, I kind of suggested that the removal of the, the the level fifty requirement, for example, to unlock all the uh, all the various items, is a sign of the kind of TikTok generation wanting instant gratification. They yeah, just want they just want to play the game. They just want to, they just want to have mm -hmm. access to everything straight away. They don't want to go through that that progression system that you used to go back that you used to go through back when we were were kids but actually it sounds like perhaps it's landed in a more a more middle ground like yes there is a bit of that but but also it was a bit overkill in the first place i don't think once again i don't think it's about the tiktok generation if there's a tiktok generation mm -hmm. game in racing game is it forza horizon it's 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 about removing a barrier of entry that didn't exist before tiktok which is in this case mm -hmm. in forza 3 you know it was 500 years ago uh <laughs> right now <laughs> You had, you still had oh, to, to fight for the upgrades, but after mm. a certain point, because you invested so much time in a game, you can't really ask people, come on, for this car, you need to spend three, four, five, six, ten hours just to unlock the car because you already accumulate, accumulated so many credits. It's, it's the progression system now that is, instead of being stepped, they're, they're putting it more into a, a more logarithmic thing. It's, it has a slow start because you're learning the ropes of the game, mm. and then starts to be easier for you as you go into the game more towards the end game of the game of the game so is this a good time to start forza if you've if you've not dabbled in forza and maybe you've watched some reviews and they've been a little bit iffy and you're like mm, okay maybe i'll just stick to whatever i'm doing and i'm not going to jump across to forza do you think that given these changes is this now like a good time if you haven't tried it before now's a fairly decent time to to give that game a go to be honest, I have tried it before and I wouldn't know <laughs> because <laughs> I haven't tried it with the changes. I'm not sure if the changes are live um, or they will be live in a further update because the, the problem with Forza, it's not just that. There are other issues with multiplayer, but if they remove that 
situation that remove that issue, it might be a good, you know, a good place to start mm. for yeah, single player. That comes out. Yeah, but in multiplayer, dear God, that game is it's it has a good structure. It just doesn't have a very good player base in multiplayer. It's a, it's a bit of a mess. Mm. In terms of driver standards, or numbers yes, of in drivers? terms of driver standards, it's very mm. easy to to game the um, the safety rating. To be fair, it is fairly easy to do it as well in Gran Turismo. Let's not be mm-hmm. let's not say that there, that there isn't because there are a couple of guys that you know they're extremely popular because of how uh, grief griefy they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, <laughs> I I I had. The first month I had with Forza multiplayer was fantastic. Absolutely great. Loved it, right? Only in the multiplayer. It drives great, all of that. I went two months later or something like that, uh, end of December in November, and I couldn't drive it. It was like a completely new world. It's like it's Aladdin. It's a whole new world, you know? I don't know what the hell happened. It's not the same people. Every corner I do... I, I'm being rammed off. I'm faster, but it doesn't matter. I'm still going against the wall because, you know, mm. they decided to to ram you. So I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with the Forza multiplayer lobbies. Can you select, like you can in some games, to uh, race only with those on PC? Uh, I'm As far as I'm aware, no. But because I, I, I wonder if dabbled. that's a big element of it racing with people on controller on their couch you were just kind of messing around I, for, you know i don't think that's the the i don't think there is a di- divide between console players and pc players i think there's okay. a divide between game pass players and non-game pass players i, I don't want mm. to cast aspersions on them but there is <laughs> there's definitely a, a schism before game pass was popular in that game and, and when it wasn't Okay, we've got a title for one of the shorts that's going to come out of this episode. Random cool sign. Wages Age war game on pass. Game Pass and Game Pass <laughs> races. You shall not Game Pass Once again. Okay. It's not all of them, but but there is a cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, you've said it now. You said it now. You'll reap, reap the rewards. Okay. Uh, right. So that's um. That's that's Forza, so it's a big announcement in January, but not necessarily anything uh, anything concrete that's actually happening in January. Um, and I'm gonna dive into Forza before March, so I can see see the before and after, I think, and then we can report back in our March catch up. Okay, uh, so we are moving on now. We're segueing beautifully onto Gran Turismo Sport, and I have something prepared here. <clears throat> In the virtual world, we found our thrill. Gran Turismo Sport, now quiet and still. Engines hushed, no more races to vie. A sad farewell as memories fly. Chat GPT, man, it brought it's, a tear to my eye. It's beautiful. You should have said that, Tom. I was going to say, you, you, you were literally sweating over that for ages. <laughs> I, was yeah. I was, I was. Yeah, I was just sat by the riverside, you know, just uh, yeah, staring be... out into the, the... sunset. Writing down these 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 haikus, <laughs> these limericks. Beautiful song. It could. It, I it, on that. I'm happy it's not. Uh, roses are red, violets are blue. <laughs> Gran Turismo. We say goodbye to you. That was great. That was very I mean, good. That was beautiful. Why did I bother with ChatGPT when we have we have <sighs> our we have our poet laureate in the yeah. in the um in, the in another life I was a poet. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he knows it. It's deep, man. So are you sad? Well, yes and no. I, I, I didn't spend too, too much time with Gran Turismo Sport. Mm. So I came really late into Gran Turismo Sport. And I didn't spend much time with it because it wasn't Gran okay. Turismo 6 or 7. I did, I did it was see the Steam. It was a, it's, a, it's a good stepping stone. Yeah, mm. Super GT put out yeah, quite I a heartwarming post about it because, of course, he, his very career was, was pretty much founded through, or you certainly gained traction yeah. um, through that game. Um, you know, that was something I think that the meant a great deal to him. <laughs> 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 Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, that there's like that that game does resonate. I think with certain people more than others. I think so. Yeah. 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 I would like a, to... a lot of good content with it, though. It's uh, it's for me. It signaled the um, the casual multiplayer, mm. and also mm. signaled the increase, the exponential increase in asset quality. You know, there's. Yes. I think there's I a time before Gran Turismo Sport, and even six. And after it, because mm. it, it it's completely bonkers. We're talking about the, what the seven year old game now, or something like that. That even Forza Seven cannot catch up. That that livery yeah. designer as well they had on Gran Turismo Sport was well ahead of its time as well, right? I mean, uh, I, I mean, I remember using yeah. it, and you can actually upload, you know, custom logos that you know you would never see in a licensed product, you know, which which is just nuts. So, you know, it was an incredible bit of artistry from from Gran Turismo in my in my view and I, I think I probably spent more time in the livery designer than I did in anything mm. else to be honest <laughs> yeah I mean it, that's really interesting I think there's a whole there's a whole cadre of people that love racing games that love you, you know kind of not not just tuning the car in the Forza sense where you're kind of upgrading it for performance like if I think back to some of the first games I played Grand um uh, Need for Speed 2 Underground I spent mm. far more time choosing my like decals and stickers yeah. and paint jobs um, than I did actually driving around the street or doing the racing. You do look like a Corsa Vauxhall uh, Alfred's Edition guy, though. I'm. I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can definitely uh, see you. There is. You know, there after is work thing. at Alfred's to get mods. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For your special edition Corsa 1.2, man. The soundtrack for Need for Speed, though, kind of um, fell apart when yeah. you then you then go down the line and you find that Lost Profits are, are on the are on the playlist, and you're like, oh no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, Need for Speed 2 soundtrack was 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 iconic. That's interesting, isn't it? I wonder if uh, um, if, if music could. Okay, here's a okay, right. This was not planned, right? But could music play a bigger part in in racing games? Oh, yes. it already does. It already does. Look, GT Revival, it will have the um, the thing uh, the the OST from Stephen Bastead. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Even if you go to Gran Turismo, of course we have the the elevator lounge music, but we also have you know, Moon Over Castle. Forza mm -hmm. Ad Bangers. Project Cars 2 as well, but they are from Stephen Baystead. There's a, a really, really big um, history in, in racing games with excellent, excellent OSTs. 
I think FIFA okay. did it better though, if I'm honest. Uh, I think, yeah. if I'm, you know, if you look That's... at what FIFA have brought to the table over the years, like uh, if you got the FIFA 23 game, for example, you had some of the be- the greatest songs in uh, FIFA games from, I think, as late as the late 90s, right through. And they, they did one soundtrack to basically pay mm-hmm. homage to all the FIFA games from the years gone by by mm-hmm. using some of the songs from those soundtracks. I think we do miss that a little bit. Uh, I think the F1 game is guilty of it too, uh, because we we generally just have the generic soundtrack in the background. Um, I think it'd be quite cool mm. for it to have its own dedicated soundtrack. I think that would be pretty decent. But um, yeah, um, it's, it's a shame. We, I understand we, I what you mean. I don't think see enough of it. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, sim racing games, especially sim racing games, are smaller, so they they can't pay you know, that much to have Taylor Swift or whatever. It's popular. Yeah, licensing yeah. To, uh, right now. Um, but I do prefer <laughs> the way to have and an I've original soundtrack space, without so many of the and popular bangers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I That's can what... imagine that on like a set of course, like Shituka Revival or, or maybe the Nordschleifer, just like listening to some, some Taylor Swift on the way around. But I don't know <laughs> if I would want that, like Brands Hatch GT3. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I did, yeah, I didn't mean soundtracks as in like what you're talking about, Ricardo, the OSDs and stuff. I, I meant as in what George was talking about, where I think back to FIFA and Need for Speed on the on the PlayStation and the PlayStation Two, um, and I remember those songs. Like there was that song on FIFA um, by Miss Dynamite. I can't remember what it was called. It might have just been called Miss Dynamite. I can't remember. Mm. Um, and it's like it sticks with me. whenever I see FIFA. Or if I if I somebody's talking about playing FIFA, like that song sticks in my in my mind. Um, and the same yeah. with Need for Speed too, right? There's like but in Need for Speed too, there's, like there's a bunch of them. I just wonder how we could. Tom, you I need to see my Spotify be... playlist. You need to see it because <laughs> honestly, if I'm you look subscribe. at my playlist, honestly, it, it's it's honestly filled with. I got a whole FIFA. I literally downloaded the entire FIFA soundtrack from FIFA 05, FIFA 06 because I still remember those songs today. Um, after playing that mm. game all the way yeah. back then, that's so, about the era I'm talking about too. Yeah, like Chasing Rainbows, for oh, man, example. I feel is old it, is now. I have. Um, it, <laughs> why do you feel old? I feel old, man. Um, but yeah, Funk no, Soul Brother. Crazy. Funk yes, Soul Brother in FIFA 99. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Robbie yeah. Williams also... in FIFA 2000. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old I feel. The Gorillas. Mark the Gorillas. The Gorillas. What about those? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my is, it, is it Soul like, Child we, remix? Um, we can put a link as well. I, I don't remember. I, it's I the was music a 50, that we guy changed. 50,000 guy. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. George, we're going to put a, we should put a link to this Spotify playlist in the uh the episode description for this episode so that <laughs> anyone listening who wants to who wants to become a follower of George Morgan's Spotify account yeah. and and dip into these these FIFA I, memories. I listen and, uh, to it every time know, I travel. Yeah, FIFA feels. <laughs> and I do a lot of traveling. Um <laughs> Okay. So, uh, I mean, it, interesting that like we talk about Gran Turismo Sport and it seems to have evoked uh, a, a, a poem and B, a talk about music. And it is kind of like one of the most beautiful, and then you, as you said, like, like ahead of its time racing games. Like it's absolutely stunning and like set the benchmark for like the, the graphics of, of, of the assets, you know, the game um, mm. going forward. It's been, yeah. Gran Turismo is sad because I was a big Gran Turismo Sport player. Gran Turismo has always been ahead of its time though generally uh, i mean i i look back mm, yeah. at uh, what, what it did with with gt2 for example that was my first racing game on console was um gran turismo 2 and 
just the whole licensing process of having to unlock cars buy cars things things of that nature i mean that Mm. that was far beyond anything around that era back in the mid 90s you you would never ever see that around that time so uh, i think that's a credit really to to gran turismo and that that is a trend that they have persisted with i would say right through since they were first established and i and you know i think i think it's unreal they were also very much the pioneers and we've looked at the film with a that's centered around Jan Mardenborough, for example, sort of pioneering, mm. you know, racing drivers coming from sim racing and stepping into the track for into the onto the track for real, um, which again was unheard of. You know, people laughed at it back then, and um, yeah, I, I just think that that very much speaks to what Gran Turismo is, and that is ahead of its time. I totally, totally agree. Um, and uh, next Wednesday, I'm recording an episode with um, Darren Cox, so founder of um, of GT Academy. Um, you know, worked uh, on the race and WTF one uh, to tell the story behind. It's kind of like telling the story behind telling the story of the story. I mm. obviously he he was uh, the founder of the of uh, GT Academy, and then he was kind of pivotal in in the film Gran Turismo. And it'll be yeah. interesting next week to hear his story of telling the story of his story. <laughs> yeah. So are you telling pretty... me that the movie Gran Turismo is in reality part of a Nolan film? Sorry to break it to you. I mean, Christopher Nolan films are freaking wild. I absolutely love Christopher Nolan films. But no, this is not not, not quite the same. Um, and I, I also, it was interesting meeting um, Darren. I've, I've spoken to him before already like before the episode and uh obviously if i'm if i'm remembering correctly orlando bloom plays him right yeah correct yeah uh, i haven't seen the movie so i wouldn't know you haven't I, seen the movie i, I, the watched, movie, sorry, no. I watched it i watched it recently on my flight to Jeddah. um it was actually really really good uh, i really really enjoyed it yeah. Uh, so so yeah i mean i thought i thought they did a great job of trying to capture you know and i and i loved how they they really did incorporate the Gran Turismo footage of the game as well, which uh, which is which is great for Gran Turismo yes. in its own right. <laughs> there were some cheesy bits at the beginning yeah, of the film, of um, but anyway, less about that because uh, we, we're going to have an episode either next week or the week after that's going to be coming out, which will be all about the film and and, and GT Academy um, with Darren. So you two think of your think of your questions uh, for him before recording on uh, on Wednesday. So. We are now going to move on to iRacing. iRacing has improved uh, their special events since 22, 21. Because we have to remember, normally they have like thousands and tens of thousands of people. They have like 100 splits, whatever it is. And um, it's not easy to to get a... get all of the, those people running at the same time because and then you have the splits the splits are like you have a split start three hours later another split starts so they they have at certain points they have hundreds of splits going on tens of thousands of people and it's really not easy to maintain a uh, an event like that and in 2019 20 21 and I think even in 22 maybe not so much in 22 uh, the events used to crash a lot. People would need to wait for further and further away splits or race uh, start times. And now they are running it, even I think even with more people, and they are running it without the hitch. There are still issues, but, you know, you got to give them to them. They, there's nobody around doing special events better than uh, than iRacing at the moment. I mean, as a 
as as a game, are there any other games doing special events like this? Obviously, you've got third you got third party platforms that, that, that no. do games, and then you have some branded events. But I I don't know. If they, if, I think they're no. the only ones that do their own in game events like this, right? Yeah, they they pioneer they it. They they really do. Uh, I mean, if, hmm. I, if I'm honest, you look you look at iRacing. That they, they're the only current sim slash game that, that currently adopts. You know a should we say a purpose-built system that embraces esports and, and competitive sim racing? You know, I don't know of any, any. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think there is any other platform platform that does. I think we sit, we're seeing sort of games that are trying it, and I, th- I think there are you know instances where we are seeing a few games trying to find their way you know down that direction. I think Wrenchport are taking that approach going forward, but obviously it's still early days as to whether we're going to see them. Um, kind of position themselves where they are they are going to be a full-on competitor to iRacing. I think that's just going to take time. But at the same time, I really don't see anyone topping what iRacing are doing on the on the competitive sense at the moment. They they really do. They have taken the ball and yeah. run with it. Yeah, we yeah we often have the debate, and we'll, we'll, actually we haven't had this debate for a, for a while. But I remember it maybe beginning of last year we had a couple of episodes where the question of is iRacing too expensive um kept coming up and it was always about you have you know that the, the, the common argument is why do you pay a subscription and have to pay for the content surely it's one or the other but it's almost like you pay for the content for the content you pay the subscription for the quality of events and the quality of the esports system that they run so it's almost like you're paying for two distinct things um and you know we in as much as you hear it's expensive, you also hear it's incredible. So, so it's got some stuff. Well, you know, there you these go. Types, That's kind of your answer. These types of, of structures are extremely expensive. I, I, I want to bring a uh, I want to bring a side point to to make this point a little uh, with more context. There's this guy called there's this big streamer called Piracy whatever. It's a it's a guy that used to work in Blizzard. So he's okay. popping up a lot in in YouTube Shorts and Instagram. So he was doing some some math about how much does this does his stream cost to Twitch? Not how much he earns from stream, how much his stream costs. So normally he has average eight thousand people watching his stream. His stream for eight hours costs Twitch about four thousand five hundred dollars in bandwidth. What? Jesus. Yeah. So you can you can expect that something like iRacing can be very expensive as well because bandwidth costs a lot of money. It's not just about the storage; mm. it's about the bandwidth. Yeah. Mm. So imagine ten thousand people racing at every single time. Of course, it's not the same as a as a stream. But you put everything together. Somebody's got to pay. It's a very interesting. That's very point. interesting. I had never even considered the costs to 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 Twitch. You look at things like YouTube, and you look at how much video that they that they store, and how much live video is going on at any one time. You know, you, you assume that this is all negligible pennies, right? But no, it's clearly, not. Clearly, clearly, that's that's not the no. case. Um, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that makes it even more um, impressive. I want probably why they're so reliant on through that like advertising. Talk about. <laughs> yeah. Say again. It's probably why they're so reliant on advertising. Which you know to offset those guys. Right. I mean, that's why all the theories are sponsored, yeah. right? There's a whole argument. There's a whole thing about you know ads and all of that, but maybe for another time because I have a huge rant about this. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, well, let's save say. that for next month. Okay, if it's a quiet month in February, we can do the ad rant. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the only other thing we could talk about iRacing, and we kind of, you've, you've probably worked out uh, if you're listening, uh, that we're going through games. So Forza, Gran Turismo. Uh, we actually skipped across uh, motorsport games to iRacing. And the other thing we'll talk about iRacing is no rain yet, but uh, we've discussed that already. I think we all like the fact that they're waiting until it's good before they release it. Probably case closed. So motorsport games there was an announcement uh yesterday um that their nasdaq listing has been extended so they've had a a a filing a warning that they were going to be removed from the nasdaq uh however they put forward a plan saying yep we did this poorly and this is our plan to recover and can you please keep listing us on the nasdaq and it's been extended um until at least <clears throat> after the Le Mans Ultimate game comes out. So as you can, I, I can't imagine the stress of that studio right now. They've got a lot riding on on the game. Um, you know, Steven their Hood, last chance. CEO in there. Say again. It's basically their last chance. <clears throat> yes, it's um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And you know, for for sim races, ah. I don't know. Maybe this is the optimist in me, but I'm 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 quietly optimistic that this is going to be perhaps pivotal. Uh, can we? So the the thing about Le Mans Ultimate for me is that obviously it's focusing on endurance, right? Now most sim racing titles do endurance of, of some kind, but there aren't really any that would say that they are an endurance racing game. And endurance racing has become so so popular in sim racing. Like that concept of a game which is all focused around that and driver swaps yeah. and strategies and and I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to see what the kind of asynchronous endurance racing like asynchronous co-op might look like. I.e., I can do the first hour stint, yeah. save my game, and then mm. you can pick up the next stint, for example, right? So I, I I'm quietly excited by it, but obviously when you look back at what they've done previously, they've not really given us much cause for confidence. No, uh, well, I, I hope I, they don't I... rely a lot or solely on. Sorry, I'll let you go in a second. Uh, I hope they don't rely a lot or solely in single player, because there's only so much you can do about it. And thing about mm. endurance games on not non-endurance platforms is that then most of the content that you do there is really not endurance. Mm. No, no, it's um, yeah. it, it's it's the problem is with there is a very short attention span when it comes to content i think uh, and you know naturally people like you know when you watch any sim racing on, on twitch you know they, they like the very short five lapper open lobbies for example when it comes down to the f1 game or you know things of that nature i, w- I would argue yes there is a, a case in point that there is um i would say extended interest in you know endurance racing i think that goes hand in hand as well with the the, the kind of popularity of the World Endurance Championship in itself. You know, the actual racing mm. series is now yeah. seems to become quite a phenomenon. Um, you know, you've got, you know, guys like LeBron James showing up and opening the opening the show and opening the opening the race. Um, you know, you've got Formula One drivers, you know, past and present taking part in the championship because it's considered the, the true test. Um, I mean, it's always been that way, but it, it only feels like now it's getting the attention that it deserves. And I think with the ability to see multiple car classes on track at the same time, I think it's quite compelling from a viewer's mm. standpoint. So, uh, you know, I think that kind of drip feeds into the sim racing side quite a bit. And um, yeah, it's just it's it's the ultimate test. 
uh, even as a sim racer. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. The ultimate. So there we go. There's that, that, the name for the, oh, uh, yeah. for the, for the video. The I'm always thinking YouTube shorts, you know. Le Mans Ultimate, the ultimate test. What can I say? <laughs> okay, so obviously we don't have a huge uh, amount. We don't have much more information on that other than kind of our, our optimism and, and, and what we've seen. The, the small amount of stuff that's been um, uh, that's been released so far about about that game. So hopefully next month uh, we'll have a bit more to to say about it. Um, talking of which, this episode. Um, has gone live two days after the embargo has lifted on the Fanatec Club Sport PD Plus. And we know a guy who has tested it. Check my video. <laughs> <laughs> shame. Link in, link in the description. <laughs> link in the description. Uh, at the time of uh, reading this, of uh, doing this, uh, there's already people with the um, with the club sport dd plus uh at hand they've received it it's been quite fast they they they, they had it stocked for a, a while so it, whatever they say about the club sport dd the plus does it playstation whatever check my video do you like it yes <laughs> <laughs> okay Okay, he's keeping his cards close to his chest. Yeah, you've got to go. You've got to go and check out his video for more of a review. God damn it, man! I thought we were going to get some exclusives here. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so obviously, you know, this could be good news for Fanatec if the reviews come out are positive, and then everyone's thinking good things about Fanatec again because people have been thinking a lot of bad things about Fanatec recently um obviously they had the um, backlog with all their orders they had their distribution issues etc um and then they uh thomas yakamaya um ceo founder of uh fanatec had did an interview recently where he kind of explained why there were issues why they were facing these issues etc uh, etc et and um obviously black friday was mentioned as you know they they weren't expecting to do so well um but if you look in the the comments of that of that video, I think uh, I think sim racers are not are not necessarily convinced, perhaps, by the reasoning for these delays. Uh, look, I, I have no reason to disagree with Thomas in regards to that because it was, you know, if the warehouse wasn't really not there, it wasn't created by them. But for me, that is not a. The problem isn't really the warehouse. The problem is that they always had the possibility to tell the customer, saying, "This is happening. You want to still buy with us?" Mm. They never did it. Yeah. So, yeah. what whatever whatever people are saying in the comments, and they've did it, done it on my videos. It, it's totally irrelevant. It's they always had the power to tell you, "Look, this is happening," and. And if they always had the power and they never did it, either it was they were were scared, didn't care, or couldn't remember it. Yeah. Look, you you, mm. you do your own conclusions about it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, uh, if we're going to try and take a positive out of it, it is good news for 
sim racing, online racing generally, that there's now such a high demand for all these wheels and pedal sets and, you know, all of these stuff gets sold secondhand, right? I don't know anybody who's bought um, a wheel and pedals and then thrown it out. So a lot of this stuff cycles through to Facebook Marketplace or eBay, right? So um, there's just so many wheel and pedal sets getting created and shipped every single month. There's so many people every single month who are joining our world of um, of sim racing um, and, you know, Fanatec have fallen foul of the of the uh, the huge demand. So, you know, again, trying to be the optimist, it's 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 a good problem for sim racing to have. A bad problem, like the, the bad problem would be Fanatec haven't sold enough and that, you know, that they're struggling to make ends meet and they're, they're going under. Like that's that's a bad news story for us. So I guess there is a bit of a, a positive spin to it, but you're right. I think um, nowadays, I feel like customer bases, they we don't want the shiny anymore. We don't want the shiny press releases like maybe people once did and they wanted to feel like it was coming from some shiny gold-plated corporate that's got everything under control. I think nowadays people prefer honesty and they prefer to see humanity behind a brand. And so if a brand says, we've made a mistake here and for that reason, things are going to be delayed and we're really, really sorry and here is a way to process a refund if that's what you want, we're just sticking our hands up. I imagine they would have very few people putting in a refund because they'd be like oh you know what it, this it was black friday and they had those distribution issues and we love fanatec it might have even been they could they could have even spun it into a positive um but they did not anyway look they offered the 25 percent discount if you return mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know it, it could ever it could always been the case they, there was always a good faith there there there, there yeah. was good faith you know you, you want a refund, we'll give it a 25% discount if you want to come back to us. You don't need to use this, but if you do, whatever. Mm. Yeah. The thing is, yeah. they <laughs> never, look, I, I can't stress this enough. They never talked about it. Mm. Like, they, I don't understand why they prefer to, to have a disgruntled customer that keeps their stuff than a happy but not customer that was that's had the information coming from Fanatec. Look, we can't serve you right now if you don't want to wait. Because because mm. if you keep a disgruntled customer, he, he, the the first opportunity is gonna get away from your ecosystem. But the, the guy that you said, look, I, I can't do anything right now. Here, here here's the thing. They might they might come back. Yeah. Yeah, true. I, 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 yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't, I don't, I'd love to. I'm trying to think of a of a counter argument to that, but I really, I really can't. Um, so we're going to move on to George Morgan being a celebrity. Oh, uh, celebrity! The George. guy is now in the Hall of Fame. The sim Michael racing is Hall of Fame. <laughs> his, his name, his voice is carved in sim racing stone. Uh, you will now you, hear. You'll never <laughs> George, get rid of me, us, Tom. You tell us why are you now such a big deal? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not sure about big deal. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, most of the <laughs> streamers actually didn't even notice it at first. It was only uh, until <laughs> I, I had a, I had a, I didn't even know that they did it. To be honest, it was it was Who's news. To, it was news to me. Uh, so of course. Um, I had no idea that they even had, had put me in the game. Um, so it was it was kind of like, damn, when I found out. I was I, I, at the time I was just chilling at at my desk, and I had a I had a message from uh, a guy called Luca, who was of course part of the overtake, um, the overtake lot, saying, "Oh, George Morgan is on the 
on the new Red Bull Ring DLC, and I was like, "You're joking!" I was like, "I, I was like," so I went on to Jardier's stream, and I could, I could hear my voice in the background whilst he was racing at Red Bull Ring, and I was like, "Have I got like another stream open or something? Have I accidentally clicked on something?" Uh, no, no, it wasn't. I, I'm, I'm in the commentary box alongside my co-commentator at GT Open, Chris Stevens. So yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. They, they use some of the footage from, from Red Bull Ring and put it in the game, which is uh, crazy. Yeah. That is, it is, it's very cool. It's bizarre that you didn't know, though. I yeah, suppose, I, I suppose once you put that stuff out there, it's it's available, but it. Well, usually it's kind they of a crazy would, way to find out. It, it is pretty nuts to to sort of find out that way. But I think if if you look at it historically, if you if you actually listen to the commentary snippets from each of the tracks on the game, they're mainly mm. GT World Challenge, as you'd expect, because it's an SRO licensed yeah. product. So you you'd expect to hear, you know, SRO commentary on it, but. Um, I think because, you know, GT World Challenge haven't actually raced at Red Bull Ring in, in recent years. I, I, my guess mm. is they didn't have a lot of or much of a library to pick from. Um, obviously, GT Open has raced there every season, at least for the last few years. So it kind of made sense, I think, for them to, to take the, the nearest thing and, and kind of input input it into the game. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. I'll grant you that, but um, a pleasant one. You know, it's, it's an honor to, <laughs> to be yeah. on the game. <laughs> Yeah. It is very cool. It's very yeah. cool. The GT two, our yes. first impressions. This is like a um. This is like a you know when you see tech reviews and it'll be like unboxing of the Google Pixel eight and then they'll do like a two weeks living with the Google Pixel eight. So let let's have our we've now lived with GT twos. What do we think? I I'm like not it. driving them anymore because nobody drives them. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think in, instead of just sort of centralizing my point of view on just GT2, I, I think I just want to kind of praise the approach that Assetto Corsa have made in terms of how they manage mm-hmm. their, their releases. Because I, I think with with a game that's as timeless as Assetto Corsa Compet is the only is, you've got to remember it's been out for such a long period of time. It was released onto the console very late into its lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they continue to drop new content. And I'll be honest, because it's on Unreal Engine, which I have to tell you, Unreal Engine 4, let alone Unreal Engine 5, it still looks and upholds itself fantastic against many other of, you know, the, the sort of, you know, heavyweights, game engine heavyweights that, that currently exist today. Um, I, th- I think, honestly, it, it plays great. It, it's one of my favorite Sims, 100%. And I'm not just saying that because they put my voice in the game. I think it's genuinely true. And, <laughs> and not only that, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's great that, that they've got the options there. And, and, I, and I just love that we have an official GT World Challenge license product. Because again, like WEC that we were discussing earlier on, GT World Challenge is also becoming more and more popular every day. And I've noticed certainly on the yep. GT Open side that the interest in GT3 racing has definitely leveled up over the last few years. Yeah, and it's um it's kind of telling if you look at the um the average player numbers from January, uh, ACC for the first time in a long time uh, has overtaken F1. Obviously, in this case, F1 23 with an average average player number of two thousand seven hundred thirty five. F1 23 had two thousand six hundred fifteen. So I imagine GT two plus the Red Bull Ring um has has played a, a big part in that. So it'd be interesting to see how long they can. They can sustain it for, um, yeah. Honest, it's, uh... Honestly, I don't think the GT twos will do anything because uh, okay. it's it's GT. What is GT two in reality? 
I mean, right. So last year, I was fortunate enough to go to uh, five SRO races. Um, the Gridfinder team were competing, and we we went and competed in the the Fanatec Arena. And I got to watch a lot of racing. Obviously, I'd watch uh, the GT4 race. I'd watch the GT3 race. I try and watch the GT3 qualifying. I really love watching the Clio Cup. Mm. I don't think I watched any of the GT2s just because I couldn't really work out what 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 what's what's exciting about them because GT3 is a, it, you know that's the pinnacle that's what everyone wants to get to it's yeah. got a huge grid it's got great drivers it's very close racing it's loud it's it's fantastic GT4 is like slightly slower closer racing but also a massive grid like you know GT4 is an exciting series to watch and I always think it's a shame that not too many people race it on ACC because GT4 does produce incredibly close um, and, and competitive racing. But you've got GT3 and you've got GT4. Like, wh- why do you need, like, what does, because you, the GT, you know, the, the GT2 races, you, people are, that's why people go and get their lunch, right? People, people yeah. are wandering around the paddock, <laughs> grabbing <laughs> a drink, just chilling out on the grass. And it's just like, an, it's just an annoying noise in the background. Like My, my joke know. is that GT2 is a way that Stefan Rattel uh, got <laughs> to race against Thomas Jekermeyer. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's it's that's my my guy. Gentleman driver series, isn't yeah, it? it? It's not yeah. just gentleman driver drivers. The gentleman drivers are uh, they drive on on pro am. Mm-hmm. Mm. Those are the gentleman drivers. The G two are for millionaires that just want to drive every so often. You know, like it. it it's it's mm. it, it's like grown up carts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the grids get, are small. The grids are really small. cars. Yeah. Yeah, in GT because we have we run a GT Cup Championship with GT Open. It's it's essentially the the sort of baby series that kind of you know supports what GT Open do, and uh, you know obviously we get all the all the Porsche nine nine twos, you know the the you know the nine elevens, you name it. They all race in this in this championship, but they opened it up then to sort of customized GT two cars. So you we've got now Mercedes. Uh, running a, a GT2 car as well in in that series, which is basically the, their baby AMG GT3, uh, which they then run in in that series as well. And it's it's quite nice because it it does open up the field ever so slightly, but it does put a high impetus then on the BOP. You know they do have to kind of manage, you know, the the, the pace of the cars because there's obviously quite a gulf in in difference if you compare the the Mercedes AMG and the and the Ferrari Challenge car basically against the you know the the likes of a Porsche. 992 911 but it's it's actually if you get the bop just right it's actually quite interesting and quite exciting but you're absolutely right i honestly think we're in terms of going back to gaming gt3 is obviously always going to be the big dog when it comes to when it comes to racing yeah Yeah, sadly the gt2s are more fun than gt3 cars Yeah, the, the the the. Do you know what would have been crazy, right? And this would have, I, you know, this. I guess this is a, almost a pointless statement because it never would have happened. But if you know, if they're looking at the SRO weekends, and I know the Clio Cups, the, the Clio Cup only happened. I think it was like two or three of the rounds. Mm. But in terms of adding another support series to ACC, imagine, right? And, and this is just my theory, right? But if they had introduced the Clio Cup to ACC. Is it just me, or would that not have been super, super popular? Would you not get loads of people yeah. doing that? Front wheel nah. drive. I think. Nah. Eh, nah, well, I think. I honestly, I think it would be great. I think it's, it's kind of like it's, touring it, cars, it's different. right? You know, like it's TCR, efficiently different. Mm. The racing is brilliant. Like whenever the Clio Cups were on, you, the, the the stands would be full because mm. you just get to see. 
bumper to bumper, three or four wide racing. Like the the cars will be three wide on lap four and five still. Like the pack yeah. will still be together in lap three. Like it's just the best racing ever. Like I sat up at turn one at the Nurburgring, and and you see the turn one, and then into the into the carousel. So you see what one, two, three, four, five corners, and you just see the most brilliant battles go, and you just don't know where to look. Like it's so yeah. much fun. And then as soon as GT two comes on, the stands are empty. Like you know, and, and it... but but there's an interesting point is does does um racing that's good to watch necessarily mean racing that's good to do in the sim environment no no look in 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 a set of course of competition you have the what could be the the equivalent of 90s dtm and nobody drives it which is the m2 cs mm -hmm. awesome car yeah great bumper to bumper you push mm. people aside people push you aside it's just lots of fisty cuffs there nobody drives <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand. It's an awesome car. Yeah. I think a lot. I think a lot of it. If is you add the, the popularity, the Cup, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, I think it's the popularity, of the real life series, the real life counterpart that makes the difference because people want to be associated with those cars that they're watching uh, on GT World Challenge. Yeah. I mean, Clio yeah. Cup does does actually have a reasonable following. I mean, I've travelled with the Clio Cup series with GT Open. You know, it's been part of our weekends. You know, quite a few times, and I've mm. I've had the you know the, the fortune of watching it. I do enjoy watching it. But in terms, I think, of the notoriety and where it's positioned on the, shall we say, the tiers of, of motorsport in this day and age, yeah. uh, I think, obviously, you're watching WEC, you're watching GT World Challenge, and I think when you're watching those particular championships, obviously, GT3 is going to stand out. You know, your, your LMP, Le Mans prototypes are going to stand out. So that's why I would say yeah. we're at a position now where people are endurance racing and why people are driving GT3s, and why a course essentially is so popular. Well, this is my job, right? My job as host of this podcast is to throw out random curveballs, and then you guys bat those curveballs down. Like, no, Tom, you're being an idiot. <laughs> Think straight. <laughs> Clio Cups and ACC, what the hell? <laughs> um, but I'm glad to do it. I'm gonna, I will never, ever stop. Uh, right, before we finish, because we're nearly, nearly the end of this uh, this monthly roundup episode, um we are going to talk about the well okay i'm basically going to say that whole point but there's been no f123 esports it's very quiet but we're going to talk about league racing f123 league racing um but before we do that george soleros tell us yes. about soleros well soleros now uh basically positioning themselves for a championship again the big tournament finale the uh the community tournament series which is basically i would argue they're they're sort of esports their first real step into making it available to um, community players that obviously, you know, pledge their support to the game and, and have done so. Um, and I must say, looking at the live times that have come in from Tournament 1 and Tournament 2 in, in a bid to qualify for the Tournament Final, the, the approach and the dedication, the hours that have been spent, people have been spending approximately six, we had over 600 players taking part in this tournament series. And, you know, we've now got, you know, pilots have they've essentially spent over uh, i think like 100 hours or so on the game uh, trying to qualify for this event which is absolutely nuts um but yeah ra racing around that. aero bay obviously is still in development as such but uh, phenomenal um some phenomenal times that blitz the genesis tournament from last year um they get the game has mm. really come on in leaps and bounds um i've had an opportunity recently to have a look at the, the sort of amendments that they've made to aero bay in terms of how the the 
front end of the track looks in comparison to where it was last year during the Genesis tournament. And they put in a lot of work to make it stand out. And um, yeah, it, it seems to have really taken the world by storm. I know that Alpine have, have now expressed interest in it now. Alpine Esports have actually pledged their support to the Community Tournament Series final, uh, which is coming up on the 10th. Tom Brower took part. Tom Brower took part. And he was actually fastest in the wild card as well. Um, he was. He, he qualified for the Community Tournament <laughs> yeah. Series final. The only reason he's not doing it is, is because he's not in the country. So uh, unfortunately not able to take part in that final. But still, nonetheless, a, a real big highlight, uh, I think, um, for, for many people in, in the world of sim racing, I'm sure. Uh, I know the guys like Dirk Chocolate, for example, he's a huge uh, flight sim fan. He's also, you know, massively into mm. planes and uh, and sort of, should we say, aeronautics? I'm not sure whether that's the right word. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool, you know, the, you know, getting involved. And I think it's another string to the bow of sim racing at this point, having something like Celeros, you know, pushing the boundaries of what really is, you know, no limits when it comes to sim racing. Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know, um, it's a game that that um, is replicating Airspeeder, which hasn't really started yet, which is kind of cool because obviously it's, it's the opposite way around to sim racing in that sim racing replicates real world racing. Real racing came first and then sim racing replicated it. In this sense, they've, they've come up with the concept of Airspeeder, but obviously developing that technology takes a long time. So in the meantime, they're simulating what they think it's going to be like when it comes out so you can do the game first, which I, I, I love. It's great. It's is it it's it's sim racing if you take the, the two literal meanings of those words. Hmm. Is it motorsport? I mean, uh, it there's a motor. There's yeah, a motor. it takes motors to spin the propeller. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not too dissimilar. The only difference is it's three D, not two D. It's hmm. really the only difference. If you're a big fan of, should we say, track mania? I would say it, it's it's hmm. kind of you know I think I think for those for that market. Um, you know that that's that's generally where where I see it, and and they're quite addictive. You know those those games as well. Yeah. So it's you know a lot a lot of the um, you know I remember when we were over for Gamers Eight doing the ESL Gamers Eight Championship um, for for Wrench Tour. You know the, everyone was playing Trackmania in the players' lounge. That was all they were playing, and um, I, I could kind of uh, I could kind of see that you know that Celeros could take a, a really handy position i think in the world of sim racing and and I, and I think we could see some really interesting esports championships come off the back of it too yeah i'm, I'm, I'm enjoying controllers pads uh, and joysticks eventually they're oh. hoping they, they want to work they want to add joystick capability obviously it's still early days in the development of the game but um i'm i'm kind of thinking you know we see like next level racing for example who have also supported the Celeros um franchise as well they're also one of the sponsors They've developed their own flight sim technology, uh, in a, in a sense for for flying on Microsoft um, Flight Simulator. Um, so, I, I think they'll be hoping, I think, to have their technology used in the in the Celeros um, sort of game sphere because they've got uh, inbuilt cockpit capability. So you, you sit there and you can fly it as if you're you're in the as if you're in the aircraft, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Okay, so we are strapped for time because our other uh, our other resident celebrity, Random Cool Sign, has got a busy day of uh, engagements, just like the the King of England. Uh, so, in a couple of hey, minutes, not like George... that. Come on, bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have the, uh, the 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 updates from the league racing world and what there is to look forward to. 
Yeah, we've well, obviously off the back of PSGL, uh, we had another race uh, on fr- on Wednesday evening. Obviously, it was Jana Watmir who went ahead and took victory by only five thousandths of a second ahead of Istvan Puki uh, from Ferrari. Puki uh, came out with a statement to suggest that he's still persevering and trying to get himself a seat in F1 Esports. Uh, of course, currently the resident reserve driver at or development driver at Ferrari at this point, but still pursuing and hoping that he can get himself a full-time seat. Um, I think one of the other standout figures as well, and a young driver that has taken the world by storm, went very close to winning the PSGL F2 championship recently, Ishmael Fassi. Of course, he recently got signed by Williams. Mm. Uh, he matched the strategy from Jana Watmir toe for toe, both starting on the hard tyres, finishing strong on softs. Um, easily, I think I would say, one of the most dynamic and charismatic drivers on track, especially when it comes to making overtakes. He is a real talent. And um, I know that my co-commentator in, in the PSGL series, uh, Dan Field, came out and said that he is a champion in waiting. Um, could be, should we say, an unsung hero, I think, and, and someone who I, I think a lot of the fans are sort of siding towards. So who knows? Exciting. Exciting. It'd be nice to see some some fresh faces uh, in F1, I guess, 24 esports series, if, if that's what we're yeah. going to be waiting for. I wouldn't get too excited about the deliveries. About next in the next case, no. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> yeah, the the, the green is carbon fiber. Great. Well, F one twenty four joining me for edition. our monthly roundup. Yeah, we will be back next month with a monthly roundup, and of course, we will be doing our our pre show weekly catch ups each week, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week. See you soon, guys. Bye. Bye.